When you think about Mary, or you even just Google Mary at all, so many images pop up of her, of, of the Virgin Mary with that, that golden orb behind her, holding the baby Jesus. The Catholic Church venerates her. She's adored. She's honored. She's revered. There are even shrines that, that are built to her in places all around the world, and people make pilgrimages to go to these shrines to pay homage to the Virgin Mary. Back in 2005 in Chicago, this young woman was driving home from work today, from work that day, and she looked at the wall of an underpass as, as she waited at the red light, and she thought that she saw the Virgin Mary. This sighting, it, it made national news. It became a local pilgrimage site for quite some time because others, too, they thought they saw the miraculous image of the Virgin Mary. Some thought maybe it was a salt stain from the salt trucks trying to clear the roads. But regardless, it became a place where people went to pay homage to Mary. They called it Our Lady of the Underpass. Regardless of what people see, Mary is highly favored. It says that in the scripture. But as we know, and as the generations and, and the centuries have passed, she's not just highly favored by God, she's highly favored among followers of Christ. When you think about it, it was a great honor to carry the Christ child, to be that chosen person, to be the mother of the Savior of the world. But I like to think of her as that human being, as that mother carrying that child in her womb. She may have experienced morning sickness. Hopefully not, because she's carrying the Savior of the world. Hopefully she'd get off without having that, but she might have experienced a little bit of morning sickness. She would have been the one to first feel Jesus's fluttering kicks within her womb. She would have been the one to feel those hard kicks there towards the end of her pregnancy. She was the one to experience not just the pain, but the joy that also comes with childbirth. Mary was the one who got to hold him to her breast and nurse him. Those tender moments and sweet kisses on cheeks and foreheads. She would have been the one that, that did tummy time to help him learn to crawl and to eventually walk. She would have been the one to hear his first words. Maybe that first word was, Mama. We'll never know. Mary would have been the one to tend to scraped knees, taking him to the temple with Joseph to be dedicated, teaching him the stories of their faith, the traditions of their faith. She would have been the one that, that was worried about how he would develop and, and how friendships would come and go and how others would treat him. And then as Jesus grew into an adult, she would know that his time was coming soon to fully step in and identify himself as the savior of the world, to, to take his place and to begin his mission and his ministry. Mary was the one at the wedding at Cana when the wine ran out. And she didn't want the family to be embarrassed, so she comes to Jesus and she says, turn the water into the wine. Help this family out. Many people call it the first miracle. Yes, it's the first recorded miracle of the Bible, but how could Mary have known that he could have turned water into wine without having already seen some miracles take place throughout his lifetime? 
Mary was the one who would witness the crowds who began to listen to him, who began to follow him. She would have seen the healings that he was able to perform. And she was the one who was one of the last ones that stood at the foot of the cross, one of the last ones there in his final moments. There's great beauty in being a mother. There's great beauty in loving someone in a love that's unlike anything you've ever known. But there's also great fear in that as well. Your lifeblood is walking around outside of you. And the world, the world that Jesus came to save, that world is a pretty cruel place at times. You worry about how people will treat your child. You worry about their well-being. You worry that even your own baggage that you carry as you raise them, you worry about how you might damage that tiny little person. Mary would have had all of those feelings, all of those human emotions that we all carry around. She would have known the greatest joys of motherhood and the greatest heartbreak at the same time. One of the most well-known Christmas anthems that, of all time probably asks if Mary knew all that was to come. Many of you have probably heard it. You've probably heard the different versions of it. Mary, did you know? It was first recorded in 1984. It was written for a church Christmas play, and it, it became this great anthem for all of us because it's been covered so many different times, and we'll even hear it as our offertory today. But the song asks, Mary, did you know? Did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Did you know that he would give sight to a blind man? Did you know that he would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that the child that you delivered will soon deliver you? I grew up hearing this song. I love to listen to it on the radio because it's somewhat captivating in a way. It builds to this great climactic moment. You want to sing it and belt it out from the top of your lungs with with the artist who's performing it. But when you stop and think about it, there's a bit of a struggle with this song. If you think about it in light of today's scripture, Mary, did you know? How could she not? How could she not know an angel not just any angel, the angel Gabriel has shown up and said, you're the one. You're the one who's going to give birth to the Messiah. You're the one who is going to carry the Savior of the world and raise him into the man that will come and that will die on that cross. Mary knew. She endured the ridicule and the scorn that probably came from her community because How could anybody believe that an unwed mother could immaculately immaculately conceive a child? There's a picture in your bulletin of a t-shirt that that popped up on my social media this week, and it says, yes, I knew, and it's signed by Mary. And when I saw this t-shirt earlier this week, I just busted out laughing because I thought, of course she knew, of course she knew. But the thing is that she likely didn't know every detail of what was to come, of how his life would unfold, of how her life would unfold. Knowing that that this child was the Messiah still probably didn't make it any less scary or any less worrisome for her. Mary was a person who needed assurance. 
I think if any of us received the news that Mary received from Gabriel, we would all likely need some assurance. You want me to do what? You want me to be the mother of the Savior of the world? And so Gabriel took the time with her. He answered all of her questions. He reassured her. And then he even gave her that bit of info that your cousin Elizabeth is also in her old age. She has conceived a son who will be the forerunner to your son. He will be the one to proclaim that Jesus is coming. He will be the one to prepare the way of the Lord. He told her of Elizabeth. And if you keep reading in the scripture, you see in that that next verse that, that Mary went with haste. She didn't think about it for a minute. She didn't stop and slow down. She went with haste to be with Elizabeth. Kind of makes you wonder, did she even tell her parents about her pregnancy before she left? She had to go. She had to be with this, this confidant, this person who would believe her, this person that would walk with her along the way. She had to go and be with her cousin. Now here's the thing, Elizabeth lived 80 miles away. That doesn't seem like a lot to us. It may be a little bit over an hour drive for us. But back in that day, it was nine days by foot. It was over three mountain ranges that she had to go. And yet Mary went. And when she finally got to Elizabeth's home and Elizabeth welcomes her in, Elizabeth is the first person in the New Testament before Jesus is even born. Elizabeth proclaims, my Lord. She calls Jesus her Lord. Imagine that relief that Mary must have felt having traveled 10 days having heard Gabriel's announcement, probably pondering all of this, having traveled with people who were on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, people she didn't even know, maybe living in fear and uncertainty. And that fear finally gives way to joy as she is welcomed into Elizabeth's home. Elizabeth welcomes Mary and recognizes the divine growing within her. And even says in the scripture that John the Baptist that Elizabeth was carrying, that he leaped in her womb. And we picture that tender embrace, that, that sweet relief of being with somebody who truly gets it, somebody who can assure you and walk with you, that confidant, that mentor, that person to love you through it. There's power in care and support. There's power in being connected with other people. Imagine Mary and Elizabeth gathering quietly around the kitchen table, perhaps going to the well to get water, nurturing one another as they nurtured the children inside of them. You'll also notice in your bulletin another image that I put there today. And it's also the image that's on this, this picture down here in front. I'm not sure, Glenn, if you're able to get a close-up of that with the camera or not. But I came, first came across this image seven or eight years ago, and I was immediately captivated by its beauty and by its symbolism. It depicts a pregnant Mary in a tender moment with Eve, the mother of all humankind. Eve's hand rests gently on Mary's pregnant belly. Mary's hand tenderly caresses Eve and her repentant face. And if you look closely, you see that Mary's foot is on the head of the serpent, 
that serpent that first introduced sin into the world. She's trampling it out with the child that she's carrying in her womb. Yes, Mary knew. Mary knew that something great was to come from her. She knew that her son was and is the great I am, that he was and is the Messiah, and that he had come to save us all. She knew that that child that she carried would see the best in each and every one of us, even when we're at our worst. But she still needed the quiet and the peaceful assurance. She needed to know in the midst of all that was to come that God was with her. And so God repeatedly came to her through Gabriel, through Elizabeth, through unlikely shepherds and unlikely wise men. God came to her in that last moment of Jesus's life on earth as Jesus entrusted her to that beloved disciple at the cross. God was with her because even though she knew it would still be a difficult road to walk. We all face difficult roads. We all face challenges and struggles in life, things that, that can really test our faith, things that can really test our resolve. But whatever it is that we face, we do so knowing that God walks with us, that God comes to us through trusted friends, sometimes through complete strangers. But we go forth in faith, knowing that God is with us, knowing that the light has come into the world and that the light will come again. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, our souls reach out to you and our spirits truly do rejoice that you are our Savior. Open our hearts to your power and to your presence this day. Make us humble and plant your vision, that vision of the beloved kingdom within us, so that we may work to bring it here on earth as it is in heaven. God, we pray for people who are living in broken places today, that you would come to them, that, that they would see your light in the faces of others. God, we especially pray for those in Kentucky, in Arkansas, in Missouri, in Tennessee, for all those who are picking up the pieces of the devastating tornadoes that, that ravaged their place and their homes and their places of work. God, be with them in their grief, with those who lost loved ones. Be with them as they put the pieces back together and seek to rebuild. Be with them in the trauma that they face, giving them the support and the care they need. God, we continue to pray for our healthcare workers, for scientists, for all those that are working hard to, to protect others for those who are working on vaccines, for all the ways that people are seeking to fight this pandemic, we give you thanks for those on the front lines and that we pray that you continue to guide them and strengthen them each and every day. And God, we pray for those who are sad and who are lonely this holiday season, that they would feel your guidance, that they would feel your care, your comfort, 
your arms wrap tightly around them. God, help all of us to know that you are always with us, that you love us more than we can possibly imagine, and that's why you sent your Son, our Savior, into this world. So now we join together in praying the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.